You're listening to Cortez Radio, CKTZ 89.5 FM. This is Roy Hales from Cortez Currents. The following program was originally broadcast on July 11, 2020. Summer is here, and with it, an increase in the number of homeless people in our communities. Sue Moen, the Salvation Army's representative in the Campbell River and District Coalition to End Homelessness, has been working with this problem for 30 years. In this morning's interview, she defines homelessness. started 40 years ago when the federal government got out of affordable housing and subsidized housing development. We're facing a 40-year deficit, so it's not going to turn around right away or very quickly. Our hope is that with this, during the pandemic, many of these other societal issues have really hit a lot of people's consciousness and awareness. And we are seeing that it's also leading a lot of people to see that it's not somebody else's problem, that it's the community's problem, it's the neighborhood's problem. And therefore we all need to speak up and we all need to work for solutions. What is a typical homeless person like? (laughs) There isn't typical. People become homeless for every reason that there's a person that is experiencing homelessness. It could be fleeing violence. It could be family breakdown. It could be fire floods. It could be unexpected loss of employment or an accident where they become unable to work. And so many people don't have significant savings that even something like a work safe claim, somebody's injured on the job, they don't have a bunch of savings, they might get medical EI for a period of time while they work through their work safe claim. It can take months or years for that to come through, and they just plain run out of money because EI, or if they end up on income assistance because of it, in the meantime, and they're unable to work. It's not enough to pay rent and feed yourself and pay your bills. Or it could be somebody moving into a community and they thought they had housing or they thought they were moving in with people and it doesn't work out. And then there are people who struggle with mental health or addictions or all those kinds of subsequent traumas from childhood that they then just cannot sustain housing because they don't have enough support. So they might get housing or they might even get support to get housing, but without additional support, they can't maintain that housing to a degree that a landlord would expect them to. And so they end up getting evicted and experiencing homelessness again. So many of our chronic homeless population have gone through years of trauma and being housed, not being housed. And then when they're experiencing homelessness, it's that much harder to connect them to services. How many homeless people are there on Cortez Island, Quadra Island, and Campbell River? We don't have accurate figures for Quadra and Cortez. We don't have accurate figures for anybody, but we did a point in time count in Campbell 
a couple years ago. Unfortunately, the repeat this year was postponed because of the pandemic. At that time, we recorded 81 people in Campbell River and as homeless by the definition of BC housing. So that includes people who are precariously housed or couch surfing, people that aren't paying rent directly to a landlord. So they may be sharing a room, but their name isn't on the rental agreement and they don't know that they'll still have housing for the next 30 days. We know that's an underrepresentation because it's very difficult to to connect with those people. And also a lot of people that are living in vehicles and RVs, some even in campsites, if they're off the beaten track and don't connect with many services, they sometimes don't even consider themselves homeless. So we know that's an underrepresentation. We do know there are people in those kinds of situations, both on Cortez and on Quadra, but we don't have any hard data to supply that. It's all anecdotal. I know, anecdotally speaking, that there is a number of Cortez residents, and I suspect Quadra residents, who are seasonably homeless, meaning they get evicted every summer. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, those are the reports we've had as well. We've had reports of at least one group, possibly two, that have permanent camping arrangements off the beaten track by choice on Quadra at least. I'm not as familiar with Cortez. Is there a seasonal homeless population in Campbell River as well? Yes, there is. There are a significant number of people who rent resort cabins or trailers, or they may even stay in a motel for a monthly fee over the winter, but then during high seasons, they become transient. Some of them will camp, some of them will couch surf, some of them will be in less than optimal housing situations. But we're talking about people who, if they could find a place to stay, wouldn't be homeless. Oh, absolutely. The biggest barrier is lack of housing. And beyond that, it's the lack of affordable housing. Campbell River it has got, I think, the second lowest vacancy rate in the province at something like 0.7% was the last report that came out by CMHC. So even, even people who are fully employed with good-paying jobs have difficulty. Employers complain about that they want to hire people, but those people can't find a place to live. So you've got that pressure on the existing housing stock, which raises prices, and then it leaves a whole lot of people out of luck because even if there is a vacancy, they are either discriminated against because of background or source of income, or their source of income is just not enough to pay rent anywhere. I imagine it's basically women you're talking about fleeing from violence. Yeah, primarily. Certainly we know that's an underserved population. Again, the challenge with that population is if they are able to get into a transition society housing, so a shelter specifically for them, it's 
for their safety, it's pretty secret. But also, women tend to couch surf and have short-term precarious housing in a variety of situations more often than men. The numbers are not, they're difficult to come by. You're talking about women who often have kids, yes. I think. Yeah. Oh. So often what will happen is they may be able to safely flee violence, but if there isn't an opening at a shelter for them, they will often end up with family or friends in a very in very precarious situations, right? So they they don't know how long the housing will last. There could be overcrowding. There's a lot of issues that face them beyond just the horrendous situation that they've had to flee. We are in Campbell River. We're grateful that we have the Women's Transition Society. And from there, they also have the Rose Harbor housing. And the Women's Transition Society has also is very near to breaking ground on another housing unit specifically for women and children. I want to ask about another sector, people with mental health issues. Is that a large number of the homeless? It is, but even more surprisingly, it's people with head injuries. There's been a few studies. The last one I saw, I believe it came out of Toronto, but that indicated that the vast majority, when I'm, I won't quote a percentage because I can't remember the exact, but it was really high, the number of people experiencing homelessness who had a head injury. So there may be resultant behavioral problems or physical disabilities, coping skills, all of those things affected by a head injury, and that will significantly impact people's ability to find and maintain, sustain housing. Many of the people who are experiencing homelessness have one or more mental health diagnoses, and so they may be challenged to, again, go through all of the necessary to find housing, because it could be addiction, it could be mental health, but people that aren't able to hold on to their ID or for a variety of reasons, just what it takes to replace that identification, which they have to either apply for some kind of assistance or to apply for housing or like all of those things, it, it poses a great challenge to them. And it, those things are barriers to moving into a stream that could get them housing or keep them housing. What about people with addictions? Some of the people experiencing homelessness also struggle with addictions. Again, anecdotally, not necessarily a specific quantitative data, but certainly anecdotally, that is seldom the reason for somebody's homelessness. People don't become homeless because they're an addict. It's usually the other way around. That experiencing homelessness is just one of the many traumas that lead people into substance abuse and addiction. And then once they're there, the lack of appropriate treatment options, whether that's a safe supply, prescription 
drugs or abstinence or harm reduction based programming, the lack of those services then keep them in a place of not being able to get back into housing. Can you tell me some success stories of people you're oh, able absolutely. to help? Yep. <laughs> absolutely. There are always success stories, but I don't get to define success. The people whose life it is, they are the ones that decide what is successful for them. And over the years, I have seen many people successfully and housed for a long term. I have seen many people get the specific type of support and or treatment that they want and need. But success is often about, okay, so I'm camping and I have a shower every day and I have people who look after me and I look after them. I have people that I care about and I am safe. For a lot of people, that's success. Or, you know what, I got a one-room apartment and a mental health team checks in on me and I go to this program for lunch every day and I have friends there. That's success. Are there people that have been chronically homeless for years and years? Yes, there are. And those of us who define success as have always having a roof over our heads, our hearts break for those people every single day. But there's always hope for them, supporting them to figure out what they want and how to get there. Some people's journey just takes longer than others. If there was sufficient appropriate housing for every person that wanted housing, that's what we work towards. We also know that's a long way off. So across the board, the coalition and our member agencies, we apply a harm reduction principle across the spectrum. So it's just not about drug and alcohol use. Harm reduction is also making sure people get enough food, making sure they get emotional support, making sure they get a tent or a sleeping bag, if that's the situation they're in today. Because it's fabulous that the provincial government has stepped up through BC Housing to purchase all of these housing units. People are being housed. It's a little slower than we would have liked in Campbell River, <laughs> but things are happening things are happening and we cheer and we're so excited but we know it's not enough and it's not fast enough you've been listening to an interview with sue moen from the campbell river and district coalition to end homelessness this program is funded by a grant from the community radio fund of canada and the government of canada's local journalism initiative i am roy hales with cortez currents goodbye <laughs>